Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode where we are going to talk a little bit about emotional safety. So as we prepared for this podcast, or maybe as we didn't prepare for this podcast, (laughs) I brought up a lot of thoughts. Um, One of those being, if you're hearing me say the word emotional safety right now, whether you're in the car or you're at work, you're at work. (laughs) I wonder if you even know what that means. And I, I wonder that because it was something that up until a couple years ago, I didn't even know what that meant. And I think it's important as women for us to understand that and to apply that into all of our relationships. Hi, I'm Casey, and right here beside me is Kelsey. We are licensed professional counselors, mothers, entrepreneurs, oh, and besties. We know firsthand what it's like to wake up one day and think, how in the heck did I wind up here? Through our own journeys of self-discovery, we found that joy is something that has to be pursued through our own internal work. Now we are on a mission to help women from all walks of life understand themselves more so they can experience real lasting joy. Join us every Thursday to hear interviews with experts who can point you towards self-discovery and inner joy. Do you want to give us a definition of emotional safety or your definition working? (laughs) No, I don't really have like a, what about you? Do you have a, well, when I think about emotional safety, I think about obviously being able to authentically share my emotions with those around me. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like you have to feel safe and sharing your emotions. Yeah. But it's not as easy as it sounds. Mm Mm-mm. I think uh, actually it's one of the most challenging things to have in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's some emotions that are easier shared than others. And I would imagine that most people have no problem sharing anger. Oh, yeah. Anger's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, that one's pretty easy to share because it just comes out of us. You know, it's not like something that we... It's usually more of an impulse type of share rather than something that's more methodical and thought through. But really, anger is not, you're not being emotionally safe with just sharing anger because there's something underneath that. Mm -hmm. There's something that's causing the anger to come up. Right. And that right there, if you can speak to that something that is causing the anger to come up, with someone and don't feel like they're going to leave you because of it. Don't feel like they're going to shame you because of it. Don't feel like they're going to judge you. That's emotional safety. Because I think it's a lot easier to look at somebody and be like, hey, I'm pissed off at you. It's a lot harder to say, hey, you know what? Like, you really made me feel sad when you did X, Y, or Z. Or, you know, I, I was kind of feeling like in my head and maybe like I'm not good enough. I mean, that's one that I often skip over and go right to anger. Yeah. Man, there's so many things, (laughs) so many thoughts right now. I remember like when you and I were first together, I couldn't put my finger on it. Like I couldn't explain it, but something felt different. And there was a lot of uncertainty on, on my end because, you know, I'm thinking like rationalizing it, you know? Of course it feels different. I've never been in a relationship with a female. I've never really thought about being in a, I've never thought about being in a relationship with a female. So I think I had all of these I don't know, like it felt different, but I thought it was those types of things. And I couldn't ever really understand 
what it was, but whenever I was with you, like there was just this level of tension that I had always had in other relationships, not even just romantic, but like, you know, just family and all that, that I never felt when we were together. Well, and I think in your book, In Search of You, comes out March 12th of 2024. Yeah, we have a date now. Yeah, yay. In that book, you talk about this conversation that we have. And I think that it displays a lot of vulnerability, but I remember for a long time you were like, I don't know why this is such a significant event, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're trying to put your finger on it with words. But I think it's because we were both expressing emotions that we had never expressed before, right? Like those deep, like in-tuned emotions. And for all the listeners, I had told Casey, like she asked me what I dream about or like what I want in life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nobody's ever asked me that. I had this whole conversation about just love and romance and like how I just wanted to, I don't know. I had this, when I was younger, I had this like vision of what life should look like. And then I ended up in a life that really wasn't, it wasn't even close to what I had dreamed about. And I guess I just like kind of stopped dreaming. And I know we're talking about emotional safety, but I feel like little by little, I close people off to that, those emotions. And I just said, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. But I knew you weren't fine. Yeah. I didn't even know you. And I knew you weren't fine. It was like this unspoken form of communication. Well, and I just, I just remember, like, I think a lot of us, maybe you and I have kids and our listeners do, but like, I was like, I don't want my kid to grow up and think this is who I am. Mm hmm. Like, I don't. I I want her to know that I have emotions and I am honest with myself about them. I think that would also be very conflicting for especially your daughter. I mean, just knowing her (laughs) to be an emotional being because she is very emotional. But to see her mother not be. Yeah. She would I I would imagine that would be hard for her to understand herself if she's not seeing it mirrored in you. Well, and I think that's why I noticed is because becoming a parent, I mean, Oklahoma's about she was like two, but I could be emotional with her. But then I was like when everyone else was around, I had to like shut that part off of myself. Yeah. And so she was getting really two versions of me. Mm hmm. And think about that in terms of emotional safety. Do you think that made her feel very safe when she got mom, a certain mom in a certain situation and a different mom in a different situation? Yeah, it was almost like I was not living two different lives, but kind of. Well, yeah, that's what that would be. Yeah. I think it took a lot of self-awareness and a lot of effort to understand that, like, that was the transition of life that I was going through. Like, that's why I felt so conflicted in myself is because... I didn't feel like I could just communicate like, hey, this is bothering me or, hey, I need to fix this or, hey, I just feel blah. Maybe you just didn't feel. I didn't feel for a long time. And how how could you have that life that you had ever that you had once dreamed of without feelings and emotions? You can't. No. If I can't put words to my blah, like why I'm feeling blah, there is this very self-destructive me push everyone away not have anything to do with anyone and just be like okay i'm here and i felt like that for a really long time and i think that goes back to remember when we talked about like how you were more anxious 
not you're not an anxious person, but you would go to anxiety if like you're super dysregulated. Mm-hmm. Mine's depression. When I feel blah, but I don't have words to back that up because I'm so dysregulated. I've spent so much time just shutting everything off and saying it's fine. I'm fine. Then that's when I start getting into those like deeper parts of of depression, sleeping more. I don't think to the eye people would really notice, but because, somebody who because you know how to turn that on and off. Yeah, you know I think it would take a lot for somebody to know that side of me. Well, you get that way with me sometimes. Just like it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there thinking, shut up! Like it is not fine, and you know it's not fine, and so quit saying it's fine before I choke you. But having that emotional safety with someone is feeling like you can have those conversations. You know, there's things that you tell me or have told me, and I just don't understand it. Like, I really, I try, and I listen, and I I don't agree with you, and I, and I don't understand it, but it doesn't mean that you can't tell me. And emotional safety, I don't know. I think there's like an ebb and flow to it in a relationship. You know, there's times where a partner would, be more willing and more comfortable sharing their feelings based on just the dynamics of the relationship at that any given point in time. But once I felt that with you and someone helped me put a name to it, then it brought so much light to the fact that I've never had that with anyone else. Yeah. And that that is the one thing that would help me to be more vulnerable in in a relationship, which I'm sure people that I've been with in the past have wanted that from me, like they've wanted that vulnerability, but they didn't have the words for it either. You know, they didn't know. Do you think that emotional safety is somebody knowing how to respond or just holding the space for the person to? Well, think about like when you're the most emotionally dysregulated, when you're the most upset and the most scared and the most vulnerable, I don't know if this is like a man thing <laughs> or not. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't I don't really have a lot to compare to man versus a woman here. But I just remember being in relationships and they and they mean well, but like you share how you feel with a man and they go straight to like, let me fix it. Like, what do I need to fix? Let's let's just fix it. Let's fix it, fix, 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 fix. And most of the time that's not what we want. We just want someone to to just like listen and just yeah hold that space just like yeah get it you don't even have to say anything no it's it, it could literally just be holding that space because we've had moments where we don't agree with each other but we still hold that space I mean we've not always been perfect but I definitely feel like holding space serves a higher value than saying hey like let me fix it yeah it does. Because most of the time, the person who's sharing the emotion, they're not even giving you all of it. So you really don't even know what to fix at that moment. They're just giving you that tip of the iceberg and just to see what you're going to do with it, to know if it's safe. And I think for me, that's where I would shut down in the past would be, you know, like I've said to you over the last couple of weeks, like I feel really anxious right now. And I don't do that. I've never, I've never been in a relationship where I've said to the other person, you know, I just, I feel really anxious right now. It's never, I mean, what, what would they have done with that information? It's going to be fine, babe. 
it's good. You're going to be fine. <laughs> you know, like that's not, and I'm not looking like when I say that to you, I'm not looking for you to fix it. I'm just like telling you so that if I'm coming off different or whatever, if something just is different in your and what you're seeing, you know that I'm just feeling really anxious right now. Of course, when you love somebody, you you don't want them to feel that way. So you want to fix it. But sometimes just listening. My favorite line. <laughs> and I don't do this every time, but I definitely do it when it's when it's needed is I'll say, what do you need? What do you need to feel better in this moment? A lot of times you'll tell me it's always attention. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know, like, how many years do we have to go at this before you realize you just need to, like, pat my head or give me a hug or something? I need that, too, but I feel like I'm very wishy-washy with it. I don't always want attention, so I always, like, ask because I want to know. Maybe I'll get it one day. Jeez, if there's anyone out there... Who's complicated. ...that can fix this. (laughs) (laughs) I need, like, one of those little things that you hold up that says... Just give me attention. Well, the funniest thing is, like, me knowing Casey Pryor. So we were friends for a couple of years. And she doesn't even like, like, physical touch. She doesn't like, she's never been that person for that kind of attention. So it's been interesting over the last two years watching her, I guess, evolve. But you you did this to me. Like, you created this. And then now it's like, I'm just going to hold back my attention because you want it and I can withhold it. So, <laughs> no, that's not even how that's I think how it feels. That's totally well, how that feels. That's not true. I would never do that to you. But that could be a whole different conversation because it's like if I do it all the time, then she's just going to get sick of me. No, but that, see, <laughs> you like you create these messages upstairs in your brain. Yeah. And they are not my messages. They are yours. Well, I just got a lot of things spinning around in there. Yeah, but but see, I'm not like that. Like, I am not that way. And so if there's something I need to communicate to you, I will just tell you. I don't need you to concoct it all in your own brain for me. What kind of person would ever not want attention from the person that they love? (laughs) Sorry, you've given me two hugs already today. I really don't need a third. Well, I've kind of been there before. But not with me. I mean, I know. But maybe that's... Maybe my past is showing up in a different way. Right. Yeah. You're blaming me. I'm not blaming you. You're blaming me. You're, You're taking it out on me for your past relationships. And that's not fair because, like, sometimes I feel like I'm over here just, am I lucky enough for her to pat on my head today if I'm upset? Like, pat on your head all the time. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want that. Like, I don't want to have to ask for someone's attention when I'm crying. Like, will you please hug me? Like, that's not how anyone wants to feel. I mean, I get it. Yeah. So stop it. (laughs) I got this. Now we have podcasts, so now if you don't, then I'll just get on here and tell everybody. Oh, you're scary. Who's <laughs> so scary? <laughs> oh, you're so scary. <laughs> Whatever. Emotional safety. Emotional safety. It's it's like moments like these where you can share those things. Yeah, I can. Now, disclaimer, you can share your emotions, but you don't necessarily know if the other person's going to reciprocate them. Or receive them. Or receive them. But nonetheless, like you said your piece. And so at the end of it, you've done everything you can. And that's all you can do. But I think emotional safety in general just creates a stronger relationship. 
even in all areas of life, like emotional safety with your parents, with your family, with your coworkers, with your boss, with your, you know, like there's just, if you feel safe, we move out of that survival mode, you know, like we live in that survival mode of safety. And once we can move past that and and move up into different areas, it just creates a, a stronger bond and a richer experience. And And I think a lot of us live in that survival. I think it's part of the core foundation of a healthy relationship. Like if you took that block out, the foundation isn't solid. All it takes is like something very small to happen and it will knock all the blocks over. Well, I say, I think I say in my, in my book that I woke up one day and realized that what I had built was just a house of cards. Yeah. It wasn't anything that was going to withhold any kind of pressure. And I think we do that. And sometimes we don't even like we get into relationships and we don't even realize that we've built a house of cards until we're a year, two, five, ten into it. And then we're like, uh oh. Well, I think some of the best things that you can do to analyze what emotional safety is in your life is to look at what is your earliest memory with somebody who felt emotional, emotionally safe or who was the person in your childhood that made you feel emotionally safe. That's not as easy as it sounds because a lot of people can't pick that person. Yeah, I don't I didn't talk about my feelings with anyone in my family ever. So I guess like if if I was your guinea pig here in this scenario, I wouldn't have the memory of it. Okay. Was there anyone in your life or a time where you ever shared feelings with somebody that kind of came unexpectedly? What do you mean? Like the emotions that you were sharing were very unexpected. Like you. Like it just kind of came out. Yep. Yeah. With you. (laughs) I mean, you know, I would share emotions with people. Like if I was, you know, dating someone or whatever, but it was different. Like it wasn't. Has to be deeper than that. Some of my clients will go back and they will, I'll say, well, who made you feel emotionally safe? A lot of times it's a grandparent. Mm-hmm. If if their par- they don't have a really healthy relationship with their parents, it's normally a grandparent. Or maybe it's they can't figure out why they're closer to their mom than their dad. And, you know, their mom was emotionally safe for them. Mm-hmm. So those are just some examples. I probably felt the safest emotionally with my grandmother. Not because I shared my emotions with her, just because I could be more of myself around her. When I was a kid, I mean, I pissed her off all the time, like all the time. I was always into something. She'd get mad at me for a little bit and then she was over it, you know? So that felt safe. Like it wasn't, I grew up in a family of grudge holders. You yeah. you don't even, you didn't even get to meet all of them, but just the ones you have met, you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're just a bunch of grudge holders. And, With my grandma, at least, when I was a kid, I knew that she might hold a grudge for an hour or two, but I can come back tomorrow and it was all going to be normal. That's about as emotionally safe as it ever got. And I associate emotional safety with our relationship because even though it's not perfect and even though I think we're still working on that level of communication, it's the deepest that it's ever been for me. Well, I've never had the the space for me to figure out like put a name to some of those emotions to be emotionally safe Mm -hmm. so communication is my biggest like i don't have the language 
behind it. I can feel it. Now I think I do. I think I've gotten a lot better at it. But for a really long time, I didn't have the language to go with it. So I guess maybe people are wondering, I mean, we're definitely not the standard for how emotional safety should look in a relationship. So I just want to make sure that that's clear. We're not saying, oh, yeah, we're the great you know, we're the, we're the guides <laughs> we're and the superiors. No, not at all. It's a work in progress. It's a daily, it's like actual, you know, when people say relationships take work, like I remember hearing that and I was like, duh, like, of course I do. No, they do. It takes intention. Yeah. Yeah. Intentional work. Yeah. A lot of intentional work. And I don't mean work as in sweeping it under the rug and acting like everything's fine. I mean like, okay, let's just talk through this. So I guess where I'm getting at here is, you know, we want to be able to offer some advice for people who it's usually one person that recognizes there's, there's a void in the relationship and that they don't necessarily know what it is, but they know that it feels like a hole, like feels like something's missing. And so a lot of times this is a component of it is that emotional safety is not is not well established. So maybe we could just talk for a second about what people can do. I mean, obviously therapy. Kelsey's terrified of couples therapy. <laughs> I'm running. She won't do it. I think couples therapy is great if you have a, a really good couples counselor. A lot of therapists say that they do couples counseling but if they, I mean, if they don't have years and years and years of experience and they don't primarily just work with couples, I don't know, I'd be a little skeptical. But I think individual therapy in these situations is very helpful. And I think just the first step is being honest with yourself. Is it there or is it not? If you're not willing to take that first step, you're never going to get to the resolution of emotional safety. What do you mean by is it there or is it not? Like, do we have emotional safety or do yeah. we? Yeah. Do I have emotional safety in this relationship? Mm-hmm. Going back to Casey's story about her childhood, I think there were pieces inside of people that provided a piece of emotional safety. There wasn't one person who collectively held it all. And so I th- think reflecting in your life who you feel the most emotionally safe with and why. Could be a good first step. And who are you drawn to? Like when you have a problem, let's say something happens and you you just pick up the phone. Who is that person that you're going to call without even thinking about it? You just it's just like an instinct that that person holds some form of emotional safety for you. Yeah. Maybe even having just a conversation with the person you're in a relationship with about it. Like, hey, do you do you know what this is? Like, have you ever thought about it? And talking about when you're the most comfortable coming to somebody with emotions or receiving the emotions. So like in a relationship, if you and I were talking about it, and I'd be like, do you always feel, is there ever a time where you don't feel like you can tell me certain things about your emotions? Are you asking me or are you just saying? I'm giving an example. Okay. Okay. Thought you were like, well, do you want to answer that for (laughs) the listeners? No, I don't. Just like being honest and having those, the best way to, You know, you don't get in a fight and say, well, you're just not emotionally safe. It's more about like having conversations like while you're driving down the road or, you know, maybe you have a quiet night and you just want something to talk about. Yeah, but it always starts. It always starts with you. It's very hard for you to feel emotionally safe with another person if you are not already doing your own work. I think when that happened with you, I was already mentally 
and emotionally going down that path for myself. Well, and a lot of times where I wanted it, you know, like I was craving something like, well, and a lot of times our core fear is closely linked to emotional safety in a lot of ways. First step is understanding yourself and being honest with yourself because you would have never told anyone that you're scared of people leaving. Mm -mm. You could have been like, I don't need anyone. (laughs) There's still a part of me that like even just hearing it, I'm like, well, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Mitchell in you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just listening to podcasts, too. I mean, I'm not a big listener of things. I wish I was. That's all me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you. But I think listening to podcasts and, and listening to books and listening to things that cause you to look inward and reflect on yourself and who you are and who you want to be and those things that are only found inside of you helps bring you closer to a place where you are able to hold that space because whenever the emotional safety happened with us, it was very unnatural for me to listen and like be there for your emotions. I know the first time I cried, she was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Made me really uncomfortable. We have to work on our ourself because if we're not in a good headspace and if our lives are full of chaos and clutter and all of these things, it's very hard for us to even be an emotionally safe person to someone else. Yeah. Get what you give, huh? You get what you give. Do you remember when I used to come with you to you with it'd be like a minute of a podcast? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, Can you listen to this for a second? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then we'd have a whole conversation about it. It really sparked a lot in our relationship to have hard conversations. We used to do that every morning over a Starbucks, a hot mocha, and a cheese Danish. But now I get here at like 8.30 in case he gets here at 10, so it really don't work out. Well, we have plenty (laughs) of time to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, all the time. All of this. But maybe it's just having a time... A habit each day where you're sitting and having coffee together and, you know, there's something that you want to talk about. Or maybe you read a book together and talk about some of the things in the book. We do that a lot with TV shows. After Just, the kids are asleep. Yeah. Watch some crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can handle it. Watching any more crazy shit before bed. Oh, I told you that you just can't do that. <laughs> anyway, so that's really all I have to say about emotional safety but i'm sure we'll have more episodes yeah i mean professionals about emotional safety right yeah i would definitely like to hear what someone that actually knows some stuff has to say about emotional safety i would just challenge you to find something that will help you better understand yourself and explore your own wants desires needs feelings and emotions and then go from there and see what happens see you later besties thanks for listening If you're enjoying our podcast and would like to hear more from us, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast so we can keep making great content like this. 